Hello and welcome to part two of our exploration of D-Day. Well, not exploration, initial thoughts on mm. D-Day, which has gone fairly deep already. But um, we what we've not talked about is the tour. Mm. And that's why we decided to split this reaction episode into two parts, because normally we just do them in one. Overall. And I wouldn't have allowed a two-part for Youngie unless it was completely fair. It's because of the tour. Extra content. Mm. So we were lucky enough to go on the tour in New York. So on the 25th of April was when I traveled to NYC. So got there really late on the day before, so I wasn't able to scope out the venue the day before because my flight had been canceled, unfortunately. So it wasn't a later flight, it was a whole thing. Anyway, I had a VIP ticket. Floor standing. So floor standing, yeah. So the whole the way that it worked was like, the whole floor was VIP. So there was no like little pen near the stage that they let you into or anything. They just, they let you in before everyone and seated. But obviously you still had to queue up to be in front of everyone else who was standing. I was thinking about this, but floor standing is still a quarter of the people if it was a stadium. So it's still about the same amount of tickets. You know, like if you would have gone to PTD soundcheck, there would have been 5,000 tickets, even though the floor was 20,000 people. Right. And for Youngie, there's 5,000 <laughs> tickets on the floor. Yeah. But that's all the floor because they were smaller venues. Sure. Yeah. So you had to queue up from early in the morning. So I was lucky enough to have a friend that I'd made online. And Nicole, shout out to you if you're listening. Although she told me she'd never listened to a podcast before. In life, <laughs> so probably not. She ain't listening. Um, <laughs> but if you are, thank you for queuing early because I got in so late. I met her up with her a little bit later on. But she got there about five. I got there sort of just after seven, I think. And we ended up with about 420 people in front of us. I think we had a big group that we met just in the queue. So we mm-hmm. ended up in a big group of like 15 people, some Americans, some Canadians, some Italians, Belgians, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so people who traveled and people who were more local. The, there were a couple of girls in that big group that also had like little freebies to hand out. Mm-hmm. So I found that really reassuring because I had our little freebies. With Before you. Christine went, I made 400 little bags of photo cards, stickers, chocolates, gifts, then realized that we had to get them there. Yeah. So they felt like a whole half of a suitcase. Yeah, we, it was fine. They, they, they squashed down. Yeah, they did. So yeah, I was handing out those. But yeah, so we were in the queue for a while and then they sort of started the official queue at eight and around sort of noon time they gave us these wristbands and they actually were quite like strict about the wristband the wristband had a number on it that related to your queue position and sort of the people you were with would have consecutive numbers Mm. and then they were like right so go off do whatever you want be back here at three if you want merchandise or you need to be back before five if you want to see sound checks then we went off to like wendy's got some food and like warmed up a bit and then we went back in around 3 3 30 to get merchandise it was really dumb though because we were all obviously standing Mm. and then we bought all this merch and these girls had taken orders from like their friends and stuff Mm. because they had yeah you got vip entry to match exactly you don't stand in the line for six hours if you've got vip no but then after we'd bought stuff they were like oh yeah so you can't put it in back check because it's merchandise we don't want to take responsibility for that we were like okay and then but the people still had like big bags that they wanted to put in bag check. And then they were like, oh, my bag check actually doesn't open till like 
the rest of like GA doors open. No, so yeah. you couldn't check your bag. So you couldn't check anything. Oh, so we all had to just like hold all our shit. All all your merch. <laughs> like I had this huge Tesco bag with me that I'd like. Thankfully, I'd eaten like most of the snacks and stuff that mm. I bought already. But I had well, I held my Tesco bag for the whole show. Um, <laughs> like waving it around. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. giving every little help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a bit silly. And then I don't know what. Uh, why this was but there was a bit of a delay so we were status they sort of lined us up according to our numbers but in the like halls of the venue probably until like 6 15 and they told us that sound check would happen at 5 30 so we were all like freaking out that we wouldn't get to see the sound check because we could hear them play the songs and someone mm. singing live but it was so like muffled that you couldn't really hear so we thought mm. he I think he was rehearsing Burn It, for example. And we thought that they'd got like a vocalist in to sing the song that, that Max does on mm-hmm. the album. And we were like, oh, it's going to be like guest feature from Max and that's going to be exciting and stuff. But then obviously it turns out that he it's sings him. the whole song himself because um, he's worked on his singing. But then right after six, they did let us in. And then they sort of let us all walk down these different corridors. People from number one in the queue to number 400 in the queue were let down first. So we sort of watched them fill up the barricade around the stage, which was really painful. But then... and but for at least there was a numbering system, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, bearing exactly. in mind when we went to Music Bank, there was people who'd paid for VIP who got let in when everyone else got let in. Yeah. At least there was some organisation. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, aside from the back check thing, it was fairly well organised. Yeah, so they all lined up around the pen and like 400 people, let me tell you, it's a lot more people than I thought. So I was like, it's going to be... <laughs> It's full. It's not going to be so full. And then it got, just got full. And I was like, oh, no. It's one layer of people, two layers of people, three layers of people. Oh. So I got in, and I think I was probably like five people from the barricade, I'd say. We ended up standing right at the front, like slightly to the left. Mm. So there was this monitor that was kind of in my way. But other than that, I could see him really well when he was on the top stage. And we'll the get to the stage design later. And then he came out for sound check. He did... People, People Part 2, and STL for soundcheck. He was wearing these little, like, trousers that had the zippers at the knees. And I was like, well, this is the dorkiest outfit I've ever seen anyone in, but sure. <laughs> the sort of um, fisherman waders. Yeah, exactly. Those are, like, for hiking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but maybe he just wasn't sure how warm it was going to be. <laughs> that feels like in, a hit. In that, a stadium in New York. That feels like something he'd do, to be honest. Like, oh, yeah, I just wasn't sure. Like, when they went on in the soup, he was the only one that the season they went to Scandinavia to like Norway he packed like hiker stuff and Ah. all the others just brought like designers jumpers like cool stuff to wear and then he got there he was like right I need to go shopping (laughs) 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 but yeah he was very practical so maybe that is genuinely why but yeah he was wearing those and his little like hoodie that he said he'd made for the crew because he said he paid out of his own money to make like a crew hoodie with all the dates on and all the like graphics on and stuff like that that would be a good job wearing that yeah yeah, and we had some like little sunglasses on the yellow ones. So yeah, it was obviously a bit overwhelming mm. because he was right there in front of me. I'd never seen him that close before, even though we'd seen him in Busan. It was obviously a tiny speck. Yeah, and we're at the back in Busan. We so seated. yeah, it was a uh, it was a good day. We made a lot of friends with the people around us. There were these three Korean girls right in front of us. One of them said that she had. VIP standing for like all three New York days and some of the California ones. And I was like, how are you doing this? There's definitely armies out there listening like, Christine, how have you done three days of your gear New York? Yeah, that's (laughs) true. That's true. The way that I got tickets for all three days was we had a 
Well, everyone, um, everyone I knew with the army membership, I was like, please register for pre-sale, even if you're not going. So that we got, I think between like five or six of us, we got mm-hmm. four codes, I think. So that was lucky. One of my friends, another shout out to Kevin. Standard. Standard shout out to the person on this podcast. But uh, yeah, he's getting shout outs for life for now because he got a really low queue number. Essentially, it was what happened. He got like number 500 or something mm. like that for the day one in New York. So he got in and I was like, please, can you buy me a good ticket, please? <laughs> so he bought me the VIP floor standing one for about, I think I paid $470, mm-hmm. which is about 370 pounds, I think it came to. So in comparison to what some other people paid, it was a really good price. Obviously, it's still a, a big financial outlay but mm. uh, but yeah by the time I got in so I was queue number like 2000 plus and that was for the Saturday but I think I could have bought a VIP ticket for the Saturday as well it's just that by then it cost like $900 really so yeah and saw, it was like five, stupid dynamic pricing yeah it was like five minutes later so dynamic pricing guys we're Absolute not bad please can we stop this I don't like it it doesn't make any sense you're gonna sell all your tickets anyway just like charge what you want to charge for the ticket because you'll have fans that can't afford those tickets right but then mm. the problem was that by the end the like level two level three seats were selling for like two three hundred dollars as well ridiculous it's just way too expensive and yeah. then all that does is push up the StubHub resell exactly, prices yeah. as well i saw a really good friend about this that was like if i want to make more money and make more merch there has never been a hype merch sale that exactly. like the younger merch sale that just happened now yeah. like sold out within 10 minutes like it wasn't even get, 10 minutes get like... your suppliers in line yeah get stuff sorted like you've got this massive fandom who want to give you money in yeah. exchange for value yeah do not put a increasing value on concerts i know and when also like lot there's lots of fans who can afford merch and want merch but can't get merch yeah because you've not sorted this supply problem you've not made enough it feels like they sort of want to maintain this era of exclusivity which i just don't understand but you could make like double a thousand more of each item and then easily sell that and still have it be exclusive and then also like this is a lot of people have said this but what they really should do is really release some of their old content like mm. the wings dvds and like red bullet tour and like mm. like memories from previous years and all that sort of stuff yeah I would now buy that. they've got new fra- new exactly. fans exactly loads of new fans that would buy that around, stuff yeah. can imagine paying 300 pounds for a back floor tier free seat when you paid for 70 for a floor exactly it's seat. just completely and like it becomes it makes no sense it's it completely no illogical sense. it's unfair it just lottery of who gets in first gets a lower price by the time you got in you could be priced out and, and... it's not even like who's like the most aware because exactly. everyone arrives like at, literally at the same yeah, and that's the second. thing. Like, i think maybe maybe they could do a thing where like for the first day first 24 hours 36 hours whatever it's one price and mm. then after that it goes up so that you get like the onrush and you make sure that you sell out straight away yeah but like having it be one price and then two minutes later it's over double the price it's just ridiculous if you're going to do this please speak to Ticketmaster about maintaining a price for the people who log on straight away because otherwise yeah you need to have like a set price of everyone that arrived at the same time yeah people with quick browsers or quick computers or whatever are just always going to win out Mm. or it's just going to be like a like buying a lottery ticket like this well i saw actually today because natasha's gonna be in korea in June I saw today someone had shared on Instagram that they had got a ticket for Yungi in Seoul but that was a raffle 
so then just do that even though that hurts yeah and it's really awful, awful and yeah cuts people off I definitely prefer let's all log on at the same time but like if we're all making the effort to log on at the same time go through all the registering and mm. getting our codes and all that sort of stuff because the code the codes were a raffle mm. um, yeah some people got waitlisted yeah it's please no more dynamic pricing yeah anyway for the concert itself so day two I managed to get a ticket I don't know if people saw this but like a couple of days before the first show they said that they'd released a few sponsor like invitee holds Mm. so I managed to get one of those tickets for day two which was almost as expensive as the VIP floor ticket but it was seated on level one and then for day three we Leanne and I went in on level two which Mm. and we got those tickets through the first army on sale because we'd registered with a few accounts and we paid $90 for them. Mm. Very expensive. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, should we talk about the actual concert? Mm-hmm. The day three, super stressful compared to day one. Mm. Apparent down with rain, we did like a little um, fan meet up where we could meet people and give out freebies. And then we went to a cup sleeve event. Christine was like, oh yeah, it was really easy, really well organised the last couple of days. Like we'll go straight in. It'll be fine. And I was like in my little panicked head like, nah need to get in this line now I don't know what's happening there's so many people here we need to start waiting we ended up getting in the line at about what six the thing is the doors didn't open till 6 30 yeah so we thought that there wasn't any point getting in line I think we got maybe in line um, maybe more around seven because... and it still wasn't moving no it wasn't moving nothing was moving nothing was happening it got to the point where they ended up having to open extra doors and let people in and then everyone with their umbrellas and everyone was just rushing and the crowd started screaming and we still went in our seats and there was definitely girls around us that arrived like two songs in there's a vcr that opens we got there just for the vcr but it was like the vcr and then two songs and that's when our section was sort of full so there'd been loads of armies who had just not been able to like get in their seats in time it was just chaos i mean i thought because i'd gone on day two on day two i got there quite late just because of like travel connections in New York and on day one he didn't start till like 30 because of these delays I guess around soundcheck I don't know why there were delays but there were delays whereas day two I sort of thought because you know like sometimes they tell you a concert like they tell you it starts at eight and then it doesn't come on till like nine nine thirty whatever so I was like oh he's probably gonna come on at eight thirty like that's the thing but then I walked in at like 8.01 and the VCR had already started so then I was like, no, he comes on dead on at eight if there's no delays. But then day three came on at like 8.20 maybe. Mm. But not everyone was in. No. Still. Uh, but um, he changed venues, hadn't he? He'd gone from Queens to New Jersey. So yeah. I think maybe it was that venue that was It was definitely the venue because organized. Uh, what I was going to say was when I arrived for day two, I watched it in. Like I arrived at 7.55 maybe and just there, there was no one waiting. So yeah. The UBS Arena did a better job than the Prudential Centre. Yeah, and the Prudential Centre did not do a good job. They were just not ready. Even when they opened all the doors to let everyone in, they had, like, one security scanner Yeah, that they were trying to make everyone walk through and then empty their bags. And everyone was just like, right, I'm, I'm literally, I'm going to leave my shoes, I'm going to leave my coat, I'm going to leave everything. He's about to start, like, let yeah. me through. And the first thing that they did, like, barely checked bags. Like, we got in with loads of food, mm-hmm. loads of water, like, loads of all sorts of stuff that you wouldn't normally be able to bring to a concert I don't think they even checked what was in my Tesco bag 
it was just very strange the first venue was like yeah yeah bring whatever you would like and the second venue was like now it's that an umbrella you can't bring that in it's an umbrella it's been hard <laughs> down with rain for literally yes, all day we've been stood in the rain for like six hours what do you mean i can't bring my umbrella in yeah like, anyway yeah, anyway the vtr started playing she started screaming put our army bombs on put my coys on you put your shookers on we were ready we were hyped so prior to the show he's got a lot of praise for this because apparently a lot of, not a lot of concerts have it and i've not seen that many concerts to be honest but he provided a trigger warning prior to the show for like flashing imagery lights and pyrotechnics and stuff like that so and it was like oh if you feel uncomfortable or whatever should just see a member of staff so that was on the screens right before the first vcr came on and then there was all this like t- thunder and lightning sounds in the venue and then the vcr came on and then after i won't spoiler the vcr so the vcrs were brilliant i thought they were amazing i've got them all videoed so i can uh, do my all interpretation of them there they also said that he'd sort of advised staff not to take down streaming videos because apparently a lot of the people who filmed the whole concert and put it up online their videos have just been left there so people who couldn't go watch can watch it that way Obviously, we don't know whether that was his decision or not, but that's what people are saying. And apparently he was handing out free whiskey, but I didn't see that on, mm. on any days. So we saw it online, didn't we? The Hennessy stand. And then for the first song, like we said, he was carried onto the stage by some dancers. It was as if he was dead because, yeah, he was lying It's down. like he was crucified. Yeah. Corpse, corpse. Yeah, like a corpse, yeah. Like he was lying sort of still with his eyes closed they sort of put him down on the stage and then he got up and did Hegem that was the first song to that award section but yeah part one like the first three parts were very sort of Augusty so he did Hegem, Dechita and then Augusty from the first mixtape A to the G to the U to the STD that one yeah and then he did a little like intro speech where he was like I'm Augusty or Sugar or Yungi. And then everyone went crazy, obviously. And then he did an acoustic version of Seesaw with a little guitar. He had this guitar, this like acoustic guitar with uh, all the members, like signatures. No, the JK had signed Yungi Marry Me. Yeah, JK put Yungi Marry Me. Tape put something like, Yungi, Young is the best rapper of all time or something like that. Very cute. Um, so but on day three, he sat down to play it, and then all of a sudden, one of the strings broke. Yeah, we saw that. Yeah, so on did. the screen, when he did his little meow meow face, got his little lip, his little lip out, looked confused. And then they gave him a different guitar. So that was a bit sad. He couldn't use it on that day. And then he did like a softer section. So he did People, People Part Two, and SDL. And then the first part before he sort of went off the stage again ended on Burn It, which was this huge production with loads of pyro and. Where he also sang, like he rapped the verse, but then he also sang the chorus, which obviously he doesn't do on the original record. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, that was really good. The stage design was really cool, really intricate, but you couldn't see him if you were floor standing unless you were barricade for like quite a bit of the concert because the way that it was designed was like these little like platforms that were hanging down from the ceiling. But he started the concert on that platform. And then one by one, the little like squares of the platform would be like taken up to the ceiling, like Mm. lifted up. He had this like 
stage set up underneath this platform as well that was just on ground level but because obviously you're on ground level and he's on ground level if you're not like right at the front mm. you're not gonna see him you got the screens i guess yeah but it was really cool when i was in level one standing i was really cool because you could see everything in the different layers and where mm. you went it looked to... really cool from level two as well the um, fire comes through the floor and the smoke comes through the floor and the lights come through the tables but then you're really scared because there's all that red tape <laughs> and fire everywhere and you're like don't get burnt young gear like you're literally like it's a fire pit down there yeah um, so the way that they sort of mapped it out was when as they lifted more and more of the platform bits he'd spent more time on the floor but because there was so much pyro they'd sort of taped out gangways for him to walk mm. in but obviously we're worried. I was really worried on day one because the little like platforms of the stage had these chain ropes. Mm. One phone drops and, on him. Yeah. Well, I was worried that he was going to walk into them. I was worried that he was going to like dip into the, these little gaps between the stage platforms. Oh, yeah, because like, they're not connected. No. Yeah, yeah. They were like all through a little. Door. So I was like, oh. oh, my God, he's going to fall down. He's going to run into this wire. He's going to get burnt. Like something's going to go wrong. But it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was very nervous on day one. But yeah, it was fine. Yeah. So then, for the like first song, he went down to the lower level floor was SDL, where he sort of sat on these little chairs, like down underneath the mm. stage. And then he sort of went up and down. But like as the concert went on, they lifted up more and more of the platforms. So sort mm. of, it was okay at first because they only took away the like the side ones. But then when they took away the like front center ones. That was really sad because now you know that he's not going to come as close to you as he was. Ah. So, and you're, well, he can come as close, but you're not going to see him when he's as close. So that was really sad because they sort of gradually lifted away the stage where he could come closer to you. Mm. And taking away the front rather than the back is sad because you're like, oh, now he's going to be on that platform back there. So they took away the whole thing in the end, but I remember they took away the front before like the second row. I think the second row was the last to go. Bastards. Yeah, that was sad. But, it was uh, good staging though, brought all the levels and stuff. Because you got to remember, they are still smallish venues. Yeah, yeah. Like, it'll be a lot of expensive staging for a venue that small. Yeah, it was good. And then he spoke in English throughout. I thought he sounded great. He had these prompts that he was reading off, mm. but still, like, he said the, like, similar things each night, but it didn't say exactly the same thing. So it wasn't like he was just reading. He shouted out to Hobie. Mm. And then he said he was nervous without his members, mm. but the crowd made him feel better. Yeah. And then when Jimin was there on day three, then he was like, oh, but today I've got one of my members here with me. One of me, my brothers, yeah. So he's, yeah. he feels better. But we were really the whole crowd that day were like, he's here for Tony Montana. We'd seen it on Twitter that Jimin was in the building today. He's not been in the building the last two days. I was really stressed on day one that Jimin and Aaron would be there because of these stupid Met Gala rumours. I was like, oh my God, I could have been there for day one, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to cut, but it was fine. He was very cute wearing his Yungi match though. Day one, we watched it on TikTok, Natasha and I. Mm-hmm. I was meant to fly the next day at like 12. <laughs> and once we clicked the link, it was 4.30 in the morning, 5 in the morning when I was like, cool. That was amazing. I'm now going to go to sleep because I've got to fly in six hours. Mm. <laughs> but it was really great to watch it. There was loads of people watching the stream. Yeah, no, I'm sure. But yeah, after that, he talked about how all of his solo stuff had been quite intense so far. But from now on, he wants to tell his stories with less anger, which he got a big cheer. And I was like, that's great. But also, I'm here for the anger. <laughs> I'm happy that you feel less angry. 
but I also like your angry signs. And I've spoke to a lot of the girls around me and they were also like, yeah, but like, that's where we're here. I think obviously as it goes back to writing for BTS, it's going to be naturally less angry anyway. Then in part two of the concert, so he went off, there was another VCR and then he did like all his BTS songs. So he did Cypher three and four, mm-hmm. Ugg and Dang, and some of the like, I've put lighter Augusty songs, including Polar Night, Snooze, Life Goes On, and then he finished on Amygdala. Where he dies. Yeah, that was when he was like, oh, guys, sadly. And everyone was like, no, no. And he was like, no, sadly. And he was like, no, you you can't go. And that went on for a while. But then he was like, no, this is the last song. And then obviously it wasn't the last song because he did an encore. But then it could have been the last song because he collapsed and then they came and carried him off. I was just, again, just gobsmacked. Yeah, and then he did. Like, he, he would do this thing where he, when he sang, I think it, it was that song that he did when he sort of would hold the mic stand with both hands. And then at times when he sort of stopped singing, he'd put like his little head down in his oh, elbow. Oh, yeah, and he looked really sad. And then he looked like he was like really shattered or like really sad. And yeah, that was really sad. <laughs> when he did Life Goes On, he was sad at the piano. And that's when in standing he was like... I don't know how much this is, but like six feet in front of me, but I couldn't see him. Oh. Yeah. And then he walked off again. And then one of the VCRs came on again. And then he came back and he did D-Day, the song. And then he looked for Samsung phones. Mm. Um, <laughs> Samsung phones only. Oh, iPhones disguised as Samsung phones. I, th- I don't think he said it, it said it the first day, but the last, the second couple of days, he was like, no, only Samsung, only Samsung phones. Because obviously they're sponsored by Samsung and also Samsung is a Korean company. So that makes sense. Yeah, he did some endments in Korean. So he said he wanted to speak more freely. So he'd speak in Korean and then he had a translator. On the first day, he would like started speaking and then the translator would speak. And the translator spoke really quickly, but it was a female translator. And he was the next thing he said was like, oh, it's a woman. Yeah, and then the saw. translator was like, oh, it's a woman. Because <laughs> <laughs> she'd have to say it back. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was surprised when it was a woman translator. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was funny. And then he finished the concert on Nevermind and then the last, which was super emotional. And then at the end, he just walked off. Yeah, it wasn't Whereas, carried off. He just walked. No, he walked off and the music was still playing and then they turned the lights on and like started stripping the stage and we were like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a Bye. bit of an odd. It, it does feel a bit, because you've got this big collapse. Yeah. And walk off, and then you've got the relief of him coming back. But it's always the ever since someone mentioned it on one of the videos that we've watched about how the boys like when the stage takes them away, mm. like they like to be stood in the little elevator and then be taken away because they don't like to walk away from yeah. armies. Um, so then when he just walked off, I was like, oh god, he could just come back, yeah. <laughs> just come back. You're literally just there, but still, yeah, like just come back. And then the lights are off, and then security's like, get your stuff. You're like, we've not even taken any pictures. He didn't come back. He did not come back. I knew at that point, but we did take some pictures. So yeah, what did you think of the concert online? I liked it. It looks pretty cool, and then going for the pictures and videos that you two sent, they looked really cool. I wish them maybe... I feel like they could have made some more money on Weverse showing the performance, I guess, because mm. the live streams, obviously, people signal go down and everything, so it kept going like, like a big bit, and then it'd stop, and then it'd come back, and then it'd stop at again... It was ruining the mood of enjoying the concept, but it did look good. It did look really good. 
I thought I'd cry during amygdala, and I didn't. I cried during snooze. Oh, yeah, me too. Because I, um, yeah, but you cried, like, the whole way through. No, I didn't. <laughs> Did you just cry once on day three? Two or three times. Three, yeah, maybe three. I cried at snooze, like, half looking at Jermaine, half looking at Youngie, half thinking about the pianist, half thinking about being alive. Oh, it was, it was overwhelming. Oh, I mainly enjoyed it. I didn't cry that much, but... There were a couple of times. I think for the last day, I cried a lot because I'd, I'd cried the morning after the second day because then I was like, oh, it's almost over. So on the third day, I was crying more because that was the last time I'd see him. On the first day, I think I also cried a couple of times. Doing sound check, I did because that was like the first time I saw him. And then after that, I can't really remember, but there were these girls right behind me that like, were sobbing for the entire thing. So I remember them really well. They cried a lot like, more than me. Oh. No, no. I well, mean, that's what I thought. Because when we went to do uh, BTS in the cinema, we both sobbed. Like for the, fir- the first time we see it, we just sobbed the entire way through. Yeah, but that's because we'd already seen it. We we'd didn't already sob seen it. Do, so. No. No. I didn't cry all that much, which I was a bit surprised at. I don't know. I just, yeah, I didn't feel like it. I was really concerned because I think. He'd sort of said that if people were like jumping, dancing, having a good, having a good time, that would give him more like confidence for the performance. Because obviously they all say that, but like that's what he'd said. He said he was um, nervous about his first show as a solo artist and all that sort of stuff. So on, on the first day, I was like, if he ever looks at me, I want to look like I'm having fun. <laughs> so I was really concerned about that mainly because obviously loads of people were just filming the entire time but I did feel like in the standing VIP that was where the most people like knew all the lyrics mm. like were really into it whereas mm. when we were in seated a couple of times I did feel like there were a couple of people around me that didn't well I actually felt like um, that when I was in when I was there day three yeah. even though I'd listened to the playlist over and over I was like I still don't know all of these songs like when you said oh this is I've not spent enough time with it yeah I think like obviously there were a lot of people filming um, and I'd sort of also been a little wary of that. He sort of mentioned in the past a couple of times that he doesn't like to just see phones, like not see people's faces. So I did film a little bit because obviously you want to have some memories on your phone, but I, mainly I was just trying to focus on being there. Like I didn't want my, my phone to be in front of my face the whole time. And then people like around me were really good at controlling that people didn't have their phones way up over their face so that people behind couldn't see keep everything eye level so when I did film I sort of had my phone next to my face I wasn't looking like through it but yeah I think I thought like it was perfect he did so many things he did singing like he's never sang before I don't think Mm. did that amazing vocal yeah I was like is that even him (laughs) that's someone else you were like look and I looked and he was there and I was like Jesus Christ yeah that's an amazing vocal what was it in I think it was Burn It. Burn It. Yeah, that's the one where he doesn't sing on the original album. And then he sang quite a lot at the piano when he was doing Life Goes On. Obviously he rapped, but all the like fast parts, you can see him really concentrate, but he was just really sweaty and like glowing. <laughs> and then he played his guitar and he played his piano and then he didn't really do any choreo, but the movements that he did do, he looked very confident, I thought. Mm. Like, he looked like he wasn't, even though he said he was 
it's obviously different for him to be on stage without his bandmates and without having to do choreo and all that sort of stuff, but it didn't look out of place. You commanded the stage. Yeah, he did. Oh, you didn't tell the people that you got covered in the water. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. On the you first got hit by day, the water. On the first day, he did, like... Well, the baptism. Yeah. Um, well, on all the days, I think, he did the, like, drinking bottle and he threw his water out on the crowd and on the first day I was hit by a little droplet on the top of my head and I didn't want to wash my hair ever again but I have now <laughs> anyway Brilliant. I've had a bit of the post-concert blues since so I think it's better now but the first week after then I haven't really listened to the album sorry again because it makes me too sad <laughs> Do we want to tell them about how we got scammed? No. <laughs> no? No. No? It's embarrassing. <laughs> I feel like we should. Do it just to warn other armies. Armies that are in New York. And as stupid. Yeah. No, it's a good thing. It'd be like um, when you see the videos of being like, this is how to not enter a cult in South Korea. That's a useful video. Uh, we can talk about that. Yeah, you sure? Uh, yeah, it was uh, quite embarrassing, but yeah. still. It was the day after the concert when we were in New York. Um, yeah. We were going to drop our bags off near Madison Square Garden because that's where we were getting our train from to the airport. And then we saw on Twitter yeah. that young had got out of the cars to go into the NBA game and then sort of looked around and realised that we were stood like literally outside we were we were looking at their cars and there was like seven eight black tinted window suvs there yeah and we in don't the, know if they were their cars but we you could see in the video of him entering you could see these two shops yeah so we'd realized it was the same shop and it was literally just there and we were like oh my god were we like two minutes away from crashing into young gear surely we've not been that close and it was pouring it down with rain and we were pretty miserable you know what and then there was this guy who was like oh do you want tickets to the game tickets for the knicks and we were like oh well if young in there why didn't we think about this earlier? And Christine was like, I did think about it earlier, but they were super expensive. And I didn't know if you wanted to do it. And I was like, oh, but maybe we could go and get like our posters and we could make like a sign. And then we could be on the big screen. We asked him about the tickets and he was like, oh, $150. And we were like, no, that's too expensive. Mm. Then the scalper came back and said, oh, do you want the tickets for $100? And we were like, oh, what's $100 to get on the big screen? So then we said, oh, we don't have any, do you take like apps? Have you got the tickets? He was like, no, I only take cash. He walked us to a cash machine. We drew out $200. Mm. He put some tickets in our hand that, on reflection, were poorly printed. We went all the way back to our luggage to get our luggage. We bought some big poster paper, big pens, went off to Madison Square Garden, got there, and the guy was like, these are obviously fake tickets. Yeah. And then we asked if we could go in, like if there was anything they could do. And the guy was like, one, it's already half time. So we got the timings wrong. Yeah. And two, you need to go to the box office. We went to the box office and the box office said they had some tickets at the back for 4K, which we couldn't afford. So then we let it go and we went and got cat sandwiches. We went and got pastrami sandwiches to make up for the fact that we'd just been scammed. Mm. And we were so excited to show Young Gear signs. Yeah. We were. Yeah. No, we were excited. I think I was, I felt like it was like, serendipitous almost and we'd like had this chance to like live in the moment and seize the day or whatever it was meant to be we were meant to be in this situation yeah for the magic of checkout times but yeah I think I'd seen online that the game started at 
it must have been 2 a.m kst because i was convinced that i'd seen it started at two yeah if i'd seen that i think i maybe would have known better but no. there was many points when we should have realized like when he walked to the cash machine when he yeah when he held the ticket and he was a paper ticket in an electronic world thankfully though we did see other armies there, there was the about seven like, or eight other armies also trying to get tickets on Ticketmaster or on like all over america they kept giving us paper tickets like for the train and stuff so i was like mm. oh it's just not that digital here and like at the stadium i work at we have paper tickets like we don't use them loads but we have them so i was like oh it'll be fine but obviously it wasn't fine and we were really sad and yeah. in the end we ended up missing the opportunity to go and see hobie street because we'd run out of time getting scalped by trying to pursue gonna see young at the nba it was sad yeah. the rain in new york was hell it was torrential for like two days mm. so yeah watch out for scalpers yeah. is. sounds too good to be true probably is yeah Anyway. All right, should we wrap it up? Yeah, now let's do awards. So the first question we normally ask, well, it's not it's not awards really, it's just like initial thoughts. Mm-hmm. The first question we usually ask is, what do we think about the album overall? Who wants to start? Natasha, you drive, because we've talked for a long time. I like it. Like the content that came with, I think the were works well. Obviously, they were going to be meaning towards everything to find out, and I really enjoyed the actual track list design, which also continues onto the merch that you've got, like the blue and orange, like neon line, which makes like the glitch and everything. That's really cool. And now we obviously have a glitch filter to put on instagram which works okay (laughs) i think i'd prefer if his face were in it they need to do ones with like their actual faces or even if you were just like on corner at screen like glitching (laughs) like cool but yeah i i know from leanne's face she's like why did you you said that you like this one but i think what's made me like this more is the fact that it comes with a tour that he's had the idea of like we're doing solos I'm gonna put an album out I'd really like to do a tour with it obviously the others probably thought oh that's a good idea I'd like to do that too but he was the one to initiate it and it's worked well so far I like the the stuff that you get with the tour because I feel like that's what most people do you do an album you do your tour it's more of a comeback than a filler Mm, yes yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's very brave of him. Brave in a way that the others haven't been brave. I think Hobby didn't have time. I think he, he had with like Lola. He did Lola. But... Aram didn't want to. I don't know why Jimin didn't talk. I think probably there was nervousness around. Like there's probably more nervousness around being the first. Mm. Than we realised Jimin probably doesn't have the catalogue to do a tour. Because he only has those four songs that he put out. Plus his BTS solos. I think it wasn't the right time for Aram. I don't think it was in his, he wasn't in the right mindset. And then I think for J-Hope, I don't know. I think the amount of stress that you saw him put into Hopi Palooza, mm. maybe it felt like, because he was going first with the solo album, maybe it felt a bit daunting to take on a whole tour at that stage. Yeah, it was a big precipice. Yeah, exactly. And it was he was the first of them to do anything. 
there's always times when they can change the plan right if it had gone terribly but it was never going to go terribly yeah it wasn't going to go terribly but yeah have you been listening to the album uh yes i've been trying to yesterday having a big argument with alexa like yeah she's just i'm like play augustine she's like k-pop radio and i'm like no no, no. augustine she's not having it she don't know any of his names she'd oh. not have no idea what's happening in music video for him she'd not have a clue i had to just um on my laptop i can play individual songs but you play one song and she'll go on to like girls generation so you've got to be on top of the next 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 but yeah right. i'll be listening nice nice right okay well obviously i love it love it love it this is what i've written i was like i said really nervous on release day but i should have kept full faith in my guy i think the opening four songs are probably the strongest part in my opinion like there's the ones that I resonate the most with but the calmer middle part like I've liked his calmer songs in his past albums so it's not that I don't like the calm songs it's just the calmer part is like yeah it's I like it it's nice and then the songs from Polar Night until the end are also very like strong but more melancholy not so much with the like the swagger so yeah I really love it and I know it took him a long time to to write it and that he was a bit stuck for inspiration for a while. He was talking a bit about like how it was difficult to write songs like Ibingdula, especially, I think, because he had to sort of obviously dig within his own trauma, etc. So I think we're seeing the fruits of all of that labor. Like it's not like he just sat down and wrote an album, like it's it's been something that's lived and sort of existed with him for the last three years and he's worked hard to finish off this Augusty chapter and sort of finish telling that story if you will and I think he's talked about how he feels that he's run out of stories to tell about his past and I think Augusty the album and D2 definitely had a lot of autobiographical elements within them Whereas this album seems to sort of, at least thematically overall, be about how he foresees moving on from his sort of personal struggles, like in D-Day when he talks about future's going to be okay and in Amygdala and in Life Goes On, especially, um, even though I haven't really deep, I haven't done that deep dive yet, but that's sort of the feeling it leaves me with. And as someone who like, obviously is a fan of the music, but cares about him as well then that's quite nice to see because you know him to feel positive and be happy what, <laughs> what do you think uh, yeah i i'm a fan i really like to be part two because that's more of my sort of sound i like to let hegan fit with dish and i like the sound of it um it was a bit too heavy a bit too rappy for me for a while and then after we'd watched road to d-day i think it sort of all sort of fell into place because I really sort of understood a bit more about the process that he'd gone through and the choices that he'd made and the choices he'd taken and then obviously when Amygdala sort of came through and out that really sort of pushed it to another level in my view because of that raw nature of it and how long he'd agonized over making it as a song but then there is a lot of there is still a lot of rap within there that I wouldn't necessarily 
seek out mm. on a day-to-day basis or be able to tell you what the names of the songs were or how they were. I think overall, I think it's a really good album. And obviously the tour's amazing. I'm super jealous of the tour. Um, but I was glad that I got to see some. Yeah, well, you got to go to the tour, so you saw more than a lot of other armies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad we all like it. Uh, <laughs> that's good. What do we think about the lead single picks? So obviously he's done three lead singles. Does anyone want to open on that one? I think they're good. I think they're a good mixture. Mm. They show the different parts and spectrum of the music. They sort of fit within this different, like you said, it's a mix of genres. Um, so I think it shows that real spectrum of a real spectrum of his talents and the sort of music that he can produce and he likes to produce. I think they're all valuable lead tracks. I think if there was only, well, we can get to the would you switch any out, I might. Do you want to say that now? So we don't Yeah, so I think I would have switched in maybe Snooze. I think Snooze might have been better than People Part 2. Yeah. Just because of that relationship and the collaborations within that and that sort of softer vocal. And I think because he's done a song with IU before, mm. it felt a little bit done. Yeah. Like even though it was soft, it felt a little bit safe. Mm. So I might have swapped that because I think Snooze is a really brilliant song and a really brilliant moment for him. Mm. And then I think Kagan was great, very theatrical, basically digital, uh, completely on brand. And then Amygdala, I thought, was just, was really great. If anything, Amygdala came a bit late. Like you said, it's not had as much press. Yeah, no, I think similar. I think he's picked the right tracks. He said that he put out People Part 2 because he wanted to reconcile Augusty's name with the softer style that's more reminiscent of BTS, but... I probably agree that I prefer Snooze as a song. And I did write that. I think it's a little sad that it hasn't sort of had that moment of of being listened to by people who won't sit down with the album. Mm. Because I think the message in that song is for, you know, obviously for up and coming artists, which sort of made me a little bit sad that I wasn't an up and coming artist. But I hope those up and coming artists hear it. Um, so I think if maybe he'd put it out as a, a single, maybe it's a bit heavy to be the lead single, like the, the, nor the pre-release single. But if he's put it out with more press around that song, then maybe it would have had more of the effect they wanted. Hmm. But I, I did write, I think the only one who could he could have switched it is with is People Part 2, but I don't think it really would have worked but just because of the grandeur of that song might have distracted from the other two lead tracks. Hmm. Maybe you would have done oh, and then I would have seen Hobie again. Oh yeah, and then they would have been together doing a little rap MV. Yeah, that would have been nice. I would have liked that. That would have been nice. Um, yeah, and I think Hegem was an obvious choice as a successor to Dejtar, which he said that he wrote it straight after he wrote Dejtar. Uses the same reference to Korean traditional music, and I think releasing Amygdala was important in terms of the story that he wanted to tell about the scar and the three music videos back to back and I think a song like that because obviously it's helpful for the audience but also because he poured so much of his heart into it it deserves the single treatment Mash? I'd go with sticking with how it is just for the fact that the very 
very different one song. And I like the feature of IU, but it would have been nice if there were, like, a, if maybe in Seoul she pops her head up. Mm. So then we have, like, a a mixed age, a strong Yungi Higum from Digitar, and then the, I can't remember how to pronounce it, that brainy one. <laughs> Yeah, I always find it weird, Janari, how he says like Miami. I always want to call it like Miami. Miami. I told you the pronunciation of that gets stuck in your head. It really gets stuck in your head, and then you feel like you don't know how to pronounce the word. With the Miami one, and then it works. It works well. Pulls it, pulls it to a nice tight end. I like it. Yeah, and stick with it. Keep it. Keep it. Nice. Mm. Okay. Next question. Next question. Is it what we expected compared to his previous solos? And I've written, I think it is what I expected, maybe aside from some of the softer tracks. But I think the general trend of Yungi's solo outputs has been sort of towards the softer, more reflective music. I had expected him to sort of carry on toward that trajectory i didn't expect something that sounds like augusty the first mixtape because in that he's really angry so i I wasn't expecting that at all but i was expecting something akin to d2 um which i think is what we've got i wasn't sure whether he was going to do something completely different like for a while while he was putting out all those flower photos i was like oh this album's going to be something like because then i thought thought it was like about the album and i thought it was going to be like yeah flower concept and really like (laughs) out there but but yeah no it feels right as the end to the Augusty trilogy. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's as expected. As well because we've had the other two with the theme of it, it just seems like he's just like the same thing, just a level up on content. Yeah. I agree. I think it's as expected. It's a little bit like Christina might have been lured into this or maybe we'll get something more ethereal, more softer. But I think it's completely as young years. I was also wondering, I don't know how I normally answer this question because when we did Jack in the Box, I'd not listened to Hope World. When we did Indigo, I've still not listened to any of our M's solos. <laughs> and I've not listened to August D or D2. I've heard more of it because of the tar. But it feels on brand. Yeah. I mean, as I think, someone who hasn't listened to the back catalog, I think that's what you've said in the past. Previously, you always say, "Oh, I don't not listened." I haven't. Um, that remains the case, listeners. So, the next question then is standout look. Do you guys have answers? Yeah. Yep. Okay, Natasha. My standout look is the one where he wears the like palm tree flowy top in Higum. They're like Seamary's laughing at the goldfish. It complements the hair well. It's like a kind of curl and it's long and it's got this Hawaiian-y like summery top and I'm just like it's it's a good it's a good vibe. Like if I saw him at beach, I'd love it. <laughs> I see yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm always wondering if I see Youngie at the beach. Yeah. Mine so. is the oh, mine's between two. The one in the director's chair, 
oh yeah from people part two the one that I was like oh I love this picture and then you were like let me talk you through all the other 16 pictures in this picture drop yeah Yeah, I liked that I liked the I think he looked really sort of striking and quite powerful that you can't go wrong with a black roll neck yeah Um, so I think that is probably mine uh shout out to him in the blue bomber in Hegham with the chopsticks I think he looks really swaggy in that yeah as he's sort of wandering around stabbing and murdering I think that's quite a good look okay I mean personally just pick one (laughs) just joking go on tell us about your look yeah so I've written I can't get over the cuddly cardigan you wore in the live after people part two Mm. I that is a good one. Look at that one, and I'm like, oh, I'm softest little baby princess. I saw a really funny tweet after that was like when he was making his little like he's done it in a lot of the you know after each concert he puts up like a couple of photos of himself, a couple mm-hmm. of photos of the crowd. In one of the two photos, every day he's done like a little pout, and he does like a pout in the cuddly cardigan. And someone wrote on Twitter like. Girls would be like, oh, my God, he's my little princess and stuff. <laughs> and he's literally like a 30-year-old man. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, but he's still my princess. <laughs> yeah, we can't call him my little princess, but he is. Yeah, he is. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But it's true. It's true. Okay, so the fluffy um, cardigan. Fluffy cardigan. Yeah, I was really torn because I like all the Marie Claire looks, which I talked about before. And his look on Jimmy Fallon was really good with the, he wore the oversized blazer and the yeah. jeans and the Valentino t-shirt. But the one that I actually, actually want to choose, the concert looks are all amazing, I thought. And he's got his like personalized D-Day bomber jacket. We didn't really talk about what he wore, but he's got this um, bomber jacket <clears throat> where it says D-Day on the back and then it says Chagall on one arm and Agusti on the other arm. Very cool. Yeah. And he switched it up a few times. He's worn this like white outfit and with the like big chains, but then he sometimes he wears like a little pearl necklace. He's worn this uh, leather jacket in some of the Chicago concerts that he didn't wear in New York. But he had this on day two in New York, he had this like faded bomber that looked a bit burnt. It reminded me a bit of Toby's jumpsuit. <laughs> Maybe um, from the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my bomber, but it's burnt. And then when he performs Day Star, they all bring in like this like robe. leather robe thing. But the outfit that actually really caught my eye was in the encore on the first day when he wore these like super ripped jeans. There's like the massive slashes in them. And then he wore this tour t-shirt with the reset things on the sleeves that I really wanted to buy. But by then I'd already had my VIP merch slot, so I couldn't go back and buy it, sadly. But yeah, he wears like the jeans and the t-shirt with this like wet hair and massive smile. And yeah, I have put a little... (laughs) Picture put, in the dark. Put so a picture in that I, I took. Will <laughs> keep that in for when the episode goes out. Next up, fave piece of content. You already said yours. Yeah, mine's Road to Dido. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful documentary. Really well done. Performances interspersed throughout, which are high quality. Really sort of feels warm and comforting. Uh, seconded by the. <laughs> like a fucking creepy psycho seconded by the amygdala mv oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I mean, would be my the content i will rewatch. yeah um, the mvs are separate the mvs are amazing mm. all right and you can't pick the tar right no that'd be ridiculous yeah <laughs> tasha i'm gonna go far also run to d-day even though i've not watched it but you've you've really sold it to me i'm gonna watch it tonight i'm like Suck it up, watch it on yourself. Or I might even um, 
if any of you want to stay up and watch it with me, do that like group watch on Disney Plus. Uh, <laughs> bit of content. I've not watched it. Oh my god, no! What about Ashwata? I've changed my mind. Is that is that yours? Is yours Ashwata? I was going to add it. Yeah. Shout out to Ashwata, which should be its own spin off. <laughs> should exist on its own separately. Okay. Well, you can get in touch with RM about that. I keep trying to, but yeah. it's not replying to my text. <laughs> oh, no. um, he's like, how sick to your Yungi. He's how sick to my Yungi. Right. I love all the content, obviously. It's, it's amazing. I- how much there's been i'd say the documentary was a perfect piece of content i was really excited about it in the lead up and i have been since but i think that's a bit of a cop out answer so well just because the documentary was, was so big it wasn't like a thing that he did for disney plus i think there's disney plus stuff that i haven't even watched actually mm-hmm. um, but yeah no i initially because i wrote this before i watched arshita i chose the glitch film because i was really excited about the glitch film mm-hmm. That helped me feel happy, but then I really, really loved Ashwata, so I might have to pick Ashwata. Yeah, if you pick Ashwata, I'll stick with Road to D-Day. That feels so, right. I'll pick Ashwata then, because mm. uh, I it was beautiful. I have this weird thing for like Namgi content. It's I, just whenever they're together, I'm like, oh my god, this is the most beautiful yeah. thing. It's it, my favorite pairing. It's no soap, still mine. But no, you're right. Maybe it is Namgi. Oh, I don't know. It's too hard to pick. It's like, too hard to pick. Like, but I don't yeah. think they're the cutest there's not, friends, there's but I not think they're like the... Namgi content as well. No, That's exactly. The... It feels like precious when it's we get precious. it. It's precious, yeah. It's always precious and, and I wasn't, sweet. I wasn't expecting them to be like funny like he was on Jimin, with Jimin, but like I'm always a bit nervous to watch it because I always feel like, what, what if it doesn't live up to my expectations? But I have this like weird... Yeah, I get very emotionally invested as soon as the, the two of them together. I read a... Um, it was an interview today I read with the LA Times. I'll link it, but they sort of said that Nam June and Yoongi were like the Lennon and McCartney to BTS. Ah, wow. Which I was like, that feels right that's because right. that's what you, like if you say it like that, then you understand the sort of gravity, the gravity. of their contributions. Not that Ringo is not important. No, exactly. <laughs> <gasps> maybe, maybe Aaron will do Ashwatar when he's back before Yoongi's back. Mm, maybe. Oh. That would be nice. Skip. All right, skip. <laughs> Um, I don't want to go first. Do right, you want to Natasha, go first? just drop it all. Skipping six out of seven. Mm. What are you skipping, Natasha? I think this was a hard one to choose because I wanted to skip them all. No, I'm just kidding. I'm probably saying no. No, so it, I'll have to go with Polar Night because. I just think it were all right, but I didn't like in my notes that I've got that one. I'm just like me. Like the other ones, I can make comments on like whether uh like the vocal in it or I like the rap in it or I like a certain sound or whatever. That one I've literally got nothing for. It's there, but yeah, I don't think it's a terrible one. Could have done a lot worse. Nice. Could be the whole of Jack in the Box. <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud. I'm so proud. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. I'm seething. Uh, though mine's exactly the same. So I would also skip Polar Night. And that is because I, before we sat down to record, even though it's just initial reactions, so we don't take loads of notes, I was like, I need to figure out my skip. 
and I don't know the name of all of these tracks, even though I can sing along to some of them. So I sat there and I played it. And you know what doesn't we've not talked about enough? D Day. D Day is an D-Day's absolute up. banger. Yeah. Uh-huh. Slaps all day long, D Day. Um, loved it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I think it might be the one of the first ones. But then I was like, I think I like Polar Night less than I like the interlude. Because I sometimes the interlude's, the interlude's great. great. Yeah. It's such a nice little calming, relaxing yeah. yoga band. He plays guitar on yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, Polar Night. Amazing. This gonna hurt. Polar Night reminded me of First Love. Oh. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, sad rap. Get in the bin. Wow. You didn't skip First Love. No, I know, but that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> anyway. What's your skip? My skip. I think maybe people might have guessed. But it's Polar Night. No. <laughs> it's not. You love Polar Night. You keep mentioning it. I'm like, oh, shit. I really like Polar Night, but I do know what you mean. It is a little forgettable, but I like the lyrics. So I read the lyrics and oh, I like well, them. That's cheated. But I <laughs> No, but I read the lyrics before the tour so that I wouldn't have like a, you know, when you read the lyrics and you're like, oh, my God, I love this song so much more now because I read the lyrics. I know mm. what it's about. I didn't want to have that realization six months after the tour. Fair. Yeah. Um, I've written... Youngie, if you ever listen to this, please skip the next 30 seconds because I love everything you've ever done. But it's People Part 2. People Part 2, which hurts my heart because I love People Part 1. I love you. But I just, the the chorus doesn't make any sense and I couldn't get past it. I wish I could. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Scars. Scars is the last thing, right? No, 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 no. We do. uh, Initial favourite. You go, Christine. You tell us your initial favourite. Okay. Initial favourite. I thought it's a lot to choose this, really. But I think when I play the album, like I put it on my playlist, it comes up on shuffle. The song I get most like hyped for is still Hegem, I would say. Because the whole album is fabulous. But when it comes on, I'm like, the song's vibe does the same as Digital for me. And I, yeah, I can't wait to figure it all out. Deep dive in it. So yeah, I choose Hegem. Natasha, good pick. I like SDL. I think it it stood out the most and I enjoy when Alexa finally <laughs> puts it on. <laughs> yeah, what's yours, Leanne? Uh, mine's Amygdala, obviously. Right. Uh, to listen to, to think about, to spend time with, to see performed. I don't know if it's like... People Part 2 obviously fits more with my sound, as does Snooze. Like, those are songs that, like, when I listen to them, like, oh, these are nice. Mm. But I think even in that mix, Amygdala just sits in its own little area of special youngie joy. I think because it's a rocky sound, that sort of helps. Yeah. If I think if it would have been, like, heavier rap, I might have struggled to pick it as my fave. Uh Uh-huh. But because it's sort of in the middle and the mix and then the messages and then the trauma and then the sadness. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. Well, oh, that's nice. nice. I like your picks. I think they're both good. They good. both show off more of his vocals. We are vocal line girls. Well, are you? In general, we prefer vocal line songs. Like, all you do is hype a rap line, but then you don't. No, I love rap line, but I really like vocal songs. Fine. Like, I like rap line as the, the boys of who they are yeah. and they're brilliant. But heavy rap music in Korean, not for me. Fine. I've got a vocal line here. Nice. Right then, scores. Scores on the doors. Yeah. All right, you go first because yours is, yours is a given, Christine. Mine? Yeah. Oh, 
Okay. <laughs> I wanted to end on a happy note. Are you guys going to score it? Well, who knows? But, <laughs> if your opinion wasn't a seven, then, then maybe you could go last. But well, go then on. it wouldn't be ending on a high, would it? But no, it's a seven, obviously. It's a seven. Obviously, I would give it a 49 if I could. That's what I've written. <laughs> 49. Seven times seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very good. Smart, quick maths. Yeah. The intelligent um, ones over here. <laughs> yeah, but obviously, it's an obvious seven. Do you like so, it more than you like Mother Soul Persona? Yes. Do you like it more than you like your Well, no, I don't know, Tia. actually. They're, they're different. Like I, I think there's apples and oranges. Because... Strawberries it, and tangerines. Yeah, like, I think... They're two different artists in a way that I sort of Ooh, get different, different joy out of. Um, yeah, no, actually, because I don't know how I feel about Indigo compared to some of the BTS albums. Yeah, exactly. There's I, like the, a special level of comfort and joy that you get from OT7 that you couldn't really match with the solo work, I don't mm. think. But I don't think any artist could match that. So no. that's probably not fair. Not a fair comparison. Mm-hmm. Whereas if like, I think which song, the song song I like most maybe I'd skew more towards Augusty. But what I have been thinking about a lot is whether I like it more than D2. I'm not sure. Mm. Oh, you're not sure? I'm not sure. Well, to, spoiler for what she's going to rate D2. I need more time <laughs> with seven. it. I need more time with it. Well, you know I love D2. Yeah, yeah. We know. Everyone, knows Everyone knows. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Oh, TBC, I'll come back to on that. TBC, it's yeah. a seven. Do you want to go? Uh, I don't know. It depends on what Natasha's going to do. I'm happy to love it. I'm happy to do a 6.5. But I'm I'm really uh, picky with my sevens. Right, yeah, you're I right. am. I don't spaff my sevens around like you do. <laughs> like just giving them out like they're candies. Because I knew if I sat here and I said I'm not going to give it a seven, you'd be like, oh. And I was like, you, I li- I don't give out sevens all the time, and you'd be yeah. like, oh. I'd be like, yep. But you give Indigo a seven. Yeah, you do. And I think I gave Jack in the Box a seven. No, you didn't. You no. six point five. Six point five. Perfect. Jack in the Box six point five. D Day. 6.5 that also doesn't feel super fair 6.6 for d-day <laughs> no i like it as much as i like jack in the box i love jack in the box i loved more i did i, I love obi i think mean, as we get into the solo work it becomes much clearer about how like bias and bias records work yeah so when you were saying oh i feel a specific affinity and comfort from ot7 i thought that sentence was going to end with my bias so I was like, Indigo has this special place in my heart that feels different to how I feel about the BTS albums. Yeah. And then the same with the rest of the other solo work. So like, I can appreciate, I see Didi. I'm like, yeah, Didi, I see you. You are brilliant. Mm. Your tour is brilliant. The content around this is brilliant. Min Young-gi, obviously, you're a genius. Uh-huh. Am I going to listen to it as much as I've listened to Mapless Opsona or Indigo? No. I don't right. love rap. 6.5, good solo work. Glad that you did a tour. Glad that it's brought you some joy. Lots of joy. Loads of joy, insurmountable joy. Also, though, you know, still sad. Happy to move forward. Still sad about what? About Hobie leaving, oh, D-Day's right. there, and then RM's leaving. So it's been hard for me to be as excited as you are. Yeah. So I've got all of this stuff pulling on me, but you'll get there. Because, you know, you will like go separate. and then will go. It's separate, mm. but no, I meant as in like what I meant by the like OT7 offers a different comfort. It's not that they're more comforting. It's it's for different times, mm. I think. If I want to love myself and feel happy and all that sort of stuff, 
then I go to OT7. But if I if I'm having a really awful day and I feel like no one understands me and like everything's crap, then I go to Singi. So yeah. No, the analogy I was gonna draw is imagine JK's album drops mm. and then the next day Youngie drops about his enlistment and you have to feel all those things at the same time where like Natasha's like best day ever best day ever this is happening and you're like well actually I'm actually going through quite a lot of sadness here and That's then you're great. like I'm annoyed that I can't be happy and I'm like I'm annoyed that you want to be happy when I'm crying yeah <laughs> so that's the turbulent nature of our relationship with BTS and having biases that yeah you feel affinity with but yeah I think Yungi did a brilliant job on D-Day yep he did indeed I don't know if it's better than D2 or August D because I've not listened to them but the tour was banging yeah we'll see you again Natasha what did you give Jimin? I can't remember maybe it was 3.5 I don't know I think you gave it 5 and I gave it 6 and then you gave it like and it was higher than Jack in the Box then. maybe it was 3.5 I think it was just one higher than Jack in the Box and Indigo yeah. to be clear you gave Indigo 2.5 to be yeah. clear so obviously Chris Christine wants to end on a high I'm gonna end no, no. on a high you don't know what I'm going to say. I'm going to end on a high, giving D-Day a three. Listen, listen, because of the tour, it gets extra half a point because it's how I remember them. <laughs> but, what? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. All you've said is that you like it. <laughs> yeah, but like when I normally get a BTS album before all like COVID and everything, it will... BTS album, yeah, there were a tour. It might have been in America, but I got a tour. Or album, all this content. She's saying, how can you give it a free when you love it? You said all you've said is that you like it, except for Polar Night, but like. I have said more negative things about D Day than you have, and I give it a 6.5. I just, I like that there's a tour. Yeah, but you said that the tour gave him a half a point, so you think it's crap, but the tour gives him a half a point. It's an initial reaction. Like, yeah, but for okay, so you for Indigo and Jack in the Box, you were like, uh no, don't like them, don't like that, everything's mad, don't want to listen to it. Too many features, um, can't believe there's all these randos on his album. Yeah. Skip, skip, skip. I'd skip the whole thing if yeah. I could. And then this time you've been like, Yeah, I like it, I like it, I like it, I like it. Two point five. Two point five, the tour gives it a three. three doesn't make any sense. You're confusing. You've sent Christine on a real roller coaster. Yeah. She was she was expecting when I you said I'm going to end on a high, I thought, oh, she's going to drop a six. I was expecting four or above, I think. Four or it. above. Three is fine. No, it's Three not. is awful. Three is worse than face. It's not worse than face. It's not worse than face. Yeah. Yeah, but Jimmy's not that. at all. Yeah, but exactly, yeah, but that, you scored it lower a... than face. Yeah, that should be in his favour. Yeah, but I like, like, his songs were all right. Like, I, I like these songs. But, like, I'm not going to be like, banger, banger, banger. Jimin's, I can I can cry in the club. I can. You, okay, but do you like. This one, I can listen to it. Yeah. But it's not like. It's not your vibe, I understand. But, like, do you think the songs are better than the songs in Jack in the Box? Because I think that has to be the measuring stick here, really. No, you can't. She can't have that as a measuring stick because she said that the songs on Indigo were as good as the ones on Jack in the Box, which okay. is obviously an embarrassment. Did... <laughs> wow, no, but like, I think my problem with it is now is if I start giving 
the rap line, which previously I've not like, uh, maybe like one song of their other albums. If I start giving Augusty four, then or a five, it's like. But then my idea of Indigo now, so many months in, is different. Yeah, but so, it's an initial reaction. Well, yeah, the, initial, the initial reaction, reaction. to Augusty is that it's a it's a three. Yeah, because. But... It's the initial reaction. Me scoring to Indigo now would have changed, and for Jack in the Box would have changed. I think that I need to not just listen to it for however, like two weeks, a week, two weeks. I need to have a special moment with a song where if, I don't know, walking or on a coach ride somewhere or driving somewhere on a plane, doing whatever. I need that like thing to like, but this is better. The like initial reaction is that, but I also like the addition of the tour. And I might have been like, yeah, I like the songs. There's none that I hate, but like, also like, don't want to be like, it's shit. I do like some of the songs. Like some of the songs are, yeah. Okay, so good. Said, that's what was getting me confused because you said on arms and jobs, even though you might prefer it now. Initially, you were like, oh, one of them is like it sucks but like maybe one or two good songs like that was it whereas this one you've been like yeah yeah there's a lot of good songs no songs that I hate whereas for at least I felt like for Jack in the Box and Indigo you were like I hate all these songs like one or two are okay and then it's like oh but actually they're the same score I'm like that's not true (laughs) but it's fine whatever anyway it's um, a free it's higher it's than hard. the other rap line it's because so of the tour <laughs> in that instance Natasha's favourite of rap line is Min Young that's all that you need to take away from this Christine okay. is Min Young is the best rapper in the world he is he is he's the pinnacle of all life <laughs> and no one else yeah. is as good that's true that's factual that's what she said by giving him an extra point five starts and ends with him that's correct yes (laughs) your world starts and ends with him it does that's fine we need to i think you need to reassess your scoring yeah matrix but i don't think she will no, I don't think so either. And but, actually, you know, I keep some fun, listeners. You, you can never know. <laughs> I thought it'd be a real high as well. Oh, you lulled us into a false sense of security. You really did. Yeah. <laughs> and for a second, I thought, she's changed. She's grown. She's really taken on board our feedback about how cruel it is when someone's poured their heart out for years yeah. about their own personal trauma and struggles exactly. into work for you. 2.5. No, but like now I need to take time and digest that. Mm. She did say she was going to go watch Road to Dido. Okay. Whew. All right. Okay. <laughs> Fine. I think we shall call this initial reaction there because it's a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. That's the end of part two. That's the end of part two. And there will be no part three of this one. Sad times, guys, I know. But the next one, <laughs> a bit loads of parts. Dark and Wild, three. seven parts. Dark and Wild, yeah. <laughs> Dark and Wild has loads of songs. So I'm hoping to keep it to three parts, but can't be sure. Mm. But yeah. That's... We've started, we're in the Dark and Wild time. We've allocated the song. Mm-hmm. We've not started watching the performances. We've been a bit busy. Yeah, we have. Really. D-Day, D-Day and D-Day tour. Yeah. Well, Face and then Dida came out in quick succession, really. So I think that's gotten the, in the way of the normal schedule. But fear not, dear listeners. Fear not. <laughs> Dark and Wild will be with you <laughs> so soon. in the next 
three to four months. <laughs> Are you going to say weeks? <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah. So um, please listen to it when it comes out. Please listen to this when it comes out. Please listen to part one if you haven't already. Let us know what you think. Where can they let us know what they think, Natasha? You can send us an email at generationbts or the albums at gmail.com or send us a message on TikTok, Instagram or Twitter at generationbts underscore. Big shout out to all our fans that we met in New York. Oh, yeah. It was lovely to meet you. We're yes. excited for some of the new followers that we've got. Yeah, welcome and we guys. Liked giving out all the freebies and getting to talk to people and interact with people. Yeah, my favorite Americans were definitely the armies that I met. They were. Yeah, all the armies we met were lovely, really, really helpful, really lovely, knowledgeable, and yeah, big fans of Yungi, which I appreciate. So I guess all that remains to be said is I've been Christine, I've been Leanne, and I've been Natasha, and we have been Generation PTS. Yungi forever. <laughs> I'm sure I see things.